Hi, this is Diva Cerebration, and I'm back for another podcast, and this time I'd like to talk about the fact that in the news, we are again in the Black Lives Matter protests. We're still kind of coming out of that, and there are still protests, but all the other, the beginning violence and and um, destruction uh, that was over within a couple days because it was other groups that were coming in to try to make Black Lives Matter movement look bad. But in the wake of all that, there's been a lot of discussion about things that have been accepted over the years and racism that's been accepted and so forth and so on. And how that's affected the African-American community, as well as other communities of color. Because, you know, if you're brown or black, or even what people would say yellow, you know, or whatever color that people want to put out there. um, There is a sense that that has affected racism overall. And... One of the things that keeps getting brought up is movies that have been made in the past in the American culture, in Hollywood. And the biggest one that keeps being brought back into the spotlight was a book made into a movie, a book written by a a woman, a white woman, um, who ended up going on to support A lot of black colleges uh, gave money to send a lot of African-American people to college. And she helped a lot of people in her life. And that was something a lot of people didn't know about. She did did that. She didn't put it out there in front of everybody. But the author of Gone with the Wind. And that movie has been brought back as really depicting African-Americans in a negative light. And I think it's, first of all, it was not, it was, you know, it was based on history. The book was written based on history and what actually happened. And, but it was not a true story. It was a novel. It was a, a book. It wasn't a true story. And then the movie was made from that. And at the time, it was groundbreaking for African-American actors because they were featured very largely in that movie. It wasn't just, oh, there's there's, uh, the African-American person playing the slave and they were on and off the stage and then white actors got all the, the lines and white actors got all of the time on screen that wasn't the case in Gone with the Wind because the African-American people in the book the slaves in the book were featured very prominently as part of the family as part of the the people's lives of that book again we're talking fiction but we have we do know that there were families in the South, who didn't agree with slavery, but they had slaves basically to keep them from 
from not having anywhere to go. And there were a lot of uh, people in the South that freed their slaves and sent them up north. And there were actually people who would continually save slaves from other places that where they were being treated badly. You know, uh, things like that did happen. But there were a lot of families who, you know, like mammies of the children. I mean, sometimes the African-American woman who took care of the children spent more time with the children than their own mother did because their mother was doing social things or doing things for the husband or, I mean, that was just the way it was. It's how life is accepted to be down there. And so they loved their mammies. They loved their, the people who worked in their houses. They loved the people who worked in their on their farms and there were actual um i guess slave owners <laughs> who treated their slaves fairly then you get the other flip side of that where slaves were abused slaves were not treated fairly <clears throat> and even you know there were many in the south that when uh setting the slaves free they were they went along with that. They were fine with that. Now there were the people who didn't as well because that they wouldn't make as much money. You know, sounds familiar like today, huh? Like, you know, the Jeff Bezos of the world and the Apple computers of the world, etc. Not wanting to pay their people in the present time more money, a livable wage, have health care, all of those things because that means less money in their pocket right? So the the Southerners of those days didn't want to get rid of the slaves because they'd have to pay somebody. And that's less money in their pocket. And that's how people saw it. And that's how people are. People are selfish. But anyway, um, so people are complaining about the movie and how it depicts. But what I remember of that movie when I watched it, and again, I am um, uh, a mixed race myself. My mother comes from a uh, Native American family. And my dad actually comes from a German family. Now, I'm not really sure if there's any mixtures in between all that. But um, <clears throat> that's the basics that I know. So I'm half Native American. You know, m when I watched that movie, I saw the African American actors being prominently played by very strong, prominent actors who were very good actors and, and, from what I understand, were very respected outside of that movie in the work that they did in their lives in theaters, etc. So, um, and I know that the, one, the lead actress who got the Oscar for supporting role, Hattie... It was Hattie McDaniel was her name. She was a very strong woman who had a major career in Hollywood. And they said, yes, she played a lot of maids in a lot of the movies. But her attitude on that was, well, I could be a maid in real life and get paid $7 an hour. Or I can be a maid in the movie and get paid $700 an hour. And... That was her attitude about it. You can say whatever you want to say, but at this current time, I'm doing pretty well. And 
I think that that's something, you know, that statement itself for me reminded me that she was a strong woman. She had a long career. She ended up dying of breast cancer at 57. But she had a long career working in films. She won, she was the first of African American woman in 19, was it, what was, what year was that? It's in the 40s. Uh, who won an Oscar. She won an Oscar. And she was a woman. She wasn't a male actor. She was a woman who won an Oscar. And there were so many good reviews written about that movie about her. Talking about, in the paper, and this is by, you know, I'm I'm assuming all colors of people who wrote papers. But, you know, wrote in papers or were reporters. But I'm assuming mostly white reporters. And back in that day, there were very few female reporters, so male reporters, who were saying she deserved the Oscar. And she had. there were so many people who wrote about it that she walked into David O. Selznick's office, who was head of the studio at that time, who produced um, God With The Wind. And she walked into his office and put those reviews down on his desk. I mean, I, I can't remember if they said she had 50 to 70 reviews. And she said, they're all saying I deserve the Oscar. And he was like, he read them and he said, all right. And he put her in as a nomination for um, being up for the Oscar. And then she won. Now, they didn't sit her at the table with all the actors from Gone with the Wind, which from what I understand, the actors, uh, particularly Clark Gable, were were not happy about that. But at that time, I guess wherever they had the Oscars at that time, they were very adamant about how black people weren't allowed to sit in certain areas. They had set her off to the side in a different table, and her white agent sat with her, and then her family members, and the other black actors. So there is that distinction, but that was the time that they were in. It's sad that those things existed then. But the one thing that I say about all of that is, Hattie McDonald walked into that office and she got herself an Oscar. (laughs) She put her foot down and said, I deserve this. Listen to what people are saying. He David O. Selznick nominated her and she got the Oscar, and a time when you would have never thought something like that would happen. It was her determination and her chutzpah that got her there. And people need to remember that about Hattie McDowell. She, Daniel, excuse me, she was not a a, a wilting flower. She didn't get into the movies by being a wilting flower. She was a strong independent woman who got herself into movies, made a lot of money, more money than most at that time. She was probably making more money than some white people were making, working in the movies. And, or many white people were making, working in the movies. And she had a career after that, working in several different movies, but she also went into radio. And I can't remember, I think the name of the radio show was Beulah. Well, she took over for a white male voice actor. She took over and she was the first African-American woman to have her own radio show with CBS radio. 
and it was called Beulah, and it was so popular, it broke all the records, and they turned it into a TV show. And she starred on that TV show. Now, I guess it wasn't long after they found out she had breast cancer and she passed away. But think of that accomplishment back then. She accomplished that as an African-American woman. And you also have to remember, there were many women, African-American women back then, that were successful. Um, uh, the first African-American woman who's a millionaire sold makeup and um, hair products to African-American women. And she became a millionaire. And that was back around, uh, that was before Hattie McDaniel was in the movie. I think that was back in the 1930s, 1920s and 30s. So it wasn't impossible for that to happen. But you also have to remember that all of the actors that were in Gone with the Wind were breaking glass ceilings for the people who would come behind them. We wouldn't have the African-Americans in films today if they hadn't broke through those barriers, if they hadn't pushed and got in, if they hadn't been so talented. And you have to remember, Hattie McDaniel, I think they said she was born in 1895. Wasn't 1830 or 1860 they were still bringing in slaves illegally down south and they caught them. So think about that. That's only 30 to 60 years later. And she was given an Oscar, nominated by the Oscar committee for an Oscar. That's a huge accomplishment. And and the people who were in that film, every African-American actor in that film has a stellar performance. I don't care what anybody says. And yes, they may have been playing slaves, but that's what the book was about. I mean, what are you going to do? You got to, I mean, I don't like, what's the, oh, I can't think of the name of the really popular uh, series that's on HBO and the guy writes the books now. He's this overweight old man. Oh, what's the name of that? I can't remember, but it's about, you know, medieval times and there's incest and there's a lot of sex and women getting raped and I can't remember. It's a really popular show that I've never watched, but you know, people complain about that, but it's still popular and they're still doing it. I mean, they're showing rape of women when that is a huge cultural problem all over the world. They're normalizing rape. But that show still goes on, makes lots of money, and has tons of fans. And by the way, men are their hugest fans of all colors. Are the hugest fan of that show. Oh, I can't think of the name of it. I'm trying to. I'm waiting for it to come to my head, but I can't think of it. I'm sure everybody knows what I'm talking about. But you know, um, you can criticize you you can criticize that show for what they do, but it's still very popular. All the actors and actresses have gone on to do other things now. You know, um, it's, it's a really popular show. And I'd say it's ten times worse at the things that it's showing on there. Rape, incest, affairs, all kind of murder, mutilation. I mean, I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's pretty horrible. Yet it's accepted. Nobody's complaining about that. And that film, Gone with the Wind, is showing a time in history when there were slaves. That's what that book was about. That's what it was based on. 
And I don't think that it denigrates those actors that were in it at all. It's just depicting what truly happened. And I don't think that that film could be what it was or would have been as popular as it is for so many years without all the actors who were in that film. African-American, white, Caucasian, all the people who were in that film. Because it was such a great cast of people. And it definitely, definitely would not be the same film without Hattie McDonald. Daniel. I mean, she is a powerhouse in that film. She's an amazing actress. And she does a great job in that film. And that is why she marched into David O. Selznick's office. Because she knew that this may be her only chance to get an Oscar. Like any other actress who knew, they, who knew that they did a great job in a film. And that it was such a great film. And it was so popular. And it was everybody watched it. That this was their chance to get an Oscar. Some people only get one Oscar in their lifetime. There are people who are lucky to get more. But... She knew it, and she took the chance. I don't think we should downgrade the efforts of our past films. I think that they change society for the better. The fact that she went on to get an Oscar and then went on to have one of the most popular radio shows and TV shows of that time, think of the hearts and the minds that she changed, where people probably were would have maybe been a little more racist, maybe not been as accepting of others that of color, if they hadn't seen Hattie McDaniel and the rest of the cast of those characters in that film. They love the film, therefore they accept the people more. Some people were, were taught to hate when they grow up. They were taught racism. But if they get to see a film like that and they get to see someone like Hattie McDaniel and those actors go on to win Oscars, go on to do well in shows, then their hearts and minds can be changed from the vile teachings of their past. Same thing with different films over time. Um, Imitation of Life, that was about um, a daughter who, could, who was African-American but was light-skinned and could pass as white. And she does that and walks away from her mother and leaves her mother for years because her mother is definitely African-American and she is dark. She is dark-skinned. What an amazing movie. An exploration of that whole storyline that that brought out. That changed people's hearts and minds. Trust me. It was a tool and a gift. And people might criticize that film. Um, guess who's coming to dinner? Cindy, Sydney Portier, Portier. Amazing, amazing film. It changed people's hearts and minds. The fact that Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn were on screen accepting that Sydney Portier was going to be their son, son-in-law. I, I know that that changed people's hearts and minds. There are a lot of people that respected Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn. And they had built that respect in their careers. And the fact that they would do a movie like that changed the landscape of our country. Lilies of the Field. 
that Sidney Portier was in. I love that film. And it's about him helping a bunch of nuns in the middle of nowhere. And do you look at that movie, if you have ever seen Lilies of the Field, do you ever look at that movie and think, oh, he's a black man? No. All I see is a man who came out of nowhere and exactly how the story goes, you know, the, the nun prayed for someone to come help them and here he came and he had the knowledge. And it also showed in that film how he changed the construction owner's mind about how talented he was, even though he was an African-American and he was able to do things uh, and and be a foreman and get the respect from a white community. And he helped the nuns and he helped the Latino, the Mexicans, the Latino community in that area to build their church. And the nuns were German. I think they came from Germany. But I never once thought that that was a major problem. I never ever saw that that movie looked down on the Cindy Portier's character. A Raisin in the Sun. Another great movie that changed the landscape. Lena Horne, Harry Belafonte, all of these actors over time who have created roles and worked hard and pushed their way into acting, which most actors have to do. They were no different than anyone else. You know, actors have to kind of scream to be noticed in the acting community. And that's what happened with these actors. Uh, what's her name? I can't think of her name. She's a black actress. She was a dancer. Very, very popular. Um, started with a J. I can't think of her name now. Back in the 30s and 40s. But she was a dancer, a singer, and... Um, very popular actress of her time. And she ended up adopting 12 children of all different races. And she pushed to end racism her whole life. And she pushed to get more African-American people in the industry. We can't forget these people. And the films that they made and the things that they did, we can't say, well, that doesn't portray African-Americans right. Well, maybe not now. Maybe that's something that wouldn't go over now. But back then, it was an acceptable thing that happened. And they're portraying things from the past, or they were portraying roles from current times. And it helped them, as African-American actors, to be propelled into the Hollywood community. And it made them a fast part of those movies, they were an, an integral part of those movies. They had contracts that they signed with those movie houses. They were paid on a regular basis. And they were constantly in films like every other actor on that lot. Now, maybe they were treated differently, et cetera, et cetera. But you have to remember that they were pushing those boundaries. They were pushing up that hill so that the rest that came behind them could do more. Every wall that gets break broken, every ceiling that gets cracked through, every glass ceiling that gets cracked through helps those who are coming behind them. We cannot put down these movies 
and and disparage the work that they did by saying, no, we can't watch that anymore. No, we don't want that to be on HBO anymore. No, we don't want it to be on Netflix anymore. It's disparaging. No, what African-American people need to do is to teach their children that these people worked hard to get into those films. They worked hard to be a part of the Hollywood community. And yes, at the time, those may have been the roles that they were given, but they were given those roles. They were paid a lot of money for those roles, maybe not as much money as other actors, but they did well. Hattie's point was well taken. You know, $700 an hour is nothing to sneeze at back in those days. And it may have been half to a third of what a white actress might have been paid, but it was still more than she could make in any job out in society. She did well. And then she just kept breaking those glass ceilings as she got more and more accepted in the community. Just like all of the Latin um, actors that came in, all of the African-American actors that came in, all the actors that came in from all over the world that broke in. Rita Hayworth was actually Latino. Um, Josephine Baker, that was her name. Josephine Baker was the African-American actress who broke a lot of barriers for people, you know, and currently uh, Rita Moreno, who is still alive. She's 88 years old. And um, she was a great actress back in those days. She got an Oscar for West Side Story playing um, the sister of um, uh, Maria's or the, the, the girlfriend of Maria's bo- uh, brother. So, you know, there were a lot of really wonderful actresses back then that were breaking barriers. And some of them are still alive today to see the legacy that they have left behind for the, the present people. They've, they're able to see the ground that they broke. They're able to see the path that they made. I mean, how fulfilling that must be to know that you've done that for future generations. You broke those barriers. And I think that we should respect all of those films for that. And we should see the actors in Gone with the Wind and all the films that I've mentioned and many more films that are out there as barrier breakers, as the sheroes and the heroes who brought us to where we are today. And now it's our job to take it further. And that's how we should explain it to our future children and to the present children. That these roles, these films, they were made back then. And I think kids understand this. They were made back then when things weren't as they are today. Things were different. I understood that when I was a kid. I understand that now. Kids understand. And little kids, it's not even really going to bother them. They will never see it that way. Because kids, if, you're, if they're not taught racism, or they're not taught that they're different, or they're not taught that, that, that it's wrong to have different color skin, if we do that job today, they won't see those films that way. And I think Gone with the Wind does a great job at showing how it, it it may have been for some people. I'm not, you know, and, and even in the film, it talks about, you know, the African-Americans 
heading up north during the war, leaving the south, going to freedom. They, they, the author attacks that in her book. And it's, it's a part of history. Maybe a lot of people want to forget it, but it happened. Just like history that happens all over the world. You know, Russia was communist for so long. But when they tore down that wall that separated West and East Germany, that was the beginning of the end of communism. It's not a time that was a great time. But the, the, the frustration that built from that is what brought that wall down in the 1980s. The frustration of all the years of things that have happened with racism is what is bringing us all together right now on the Black Lives Matter marches. The All Lives Matter marches. Today, they just passed a law saying that you cannot discriminate against LGBTQ trans, gays, lesbians, you can't discriminate against them ever again. They cannot be fired because they are gay or trans or whatever. They can come to work and let everyone know that now. And they cannot be fired. We've come a long way. And I think we should look back at our movie history and teach our children where we came from and where we are today and that we don't want to go back there ever again. We've changed and look how far we've come and we're going to keep going and we're going to keep getting better and things are going to improve. And God, I hope I'm alive to see the day when everyone is considered equal. This has been Diva Celebration. Until next time.